Welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Wednesday, November 29th, 2023. I'm Jay Eskeith here in the Classic Factory, and alongside me, as always, Tass Mellis. November basketball lovers, this is for you! And over yonder, the man making the magic happen, super producer, JD. Hello. There he is, and here we are. Shout out to the stream team joining us live right now on YouTube. Smash that like button. Make sure you subscribe. Share the show with your friends. Podcast listeners, leave us a five-star rating and review. On today's show, we're going to discuss Mark Cuban selling a majority stake mm-hmm. in the Dallas Mavericks. What's up with that? What's going on in Dallas? Uh, you got the nuts, I got the chocolate, Tass. Huh? Excuse me? We'll hit the beach <laughs> to read your questions, your emails, and your tweets. You've heard the new beach uh, step-in theme song, right? I have, yes. Yeah, okay, good, good. Yes, yes, yes. And uh, we find out something when it comes to tweet of the night. But after a month's worth of group stage games... The field for the knockout portion of the NBA's in-season tournament is set. That was pretty fun last night. Like you said, late November, we were all pumped about this basketball. Fans are into it. It is absolutely working from the first month that Mark Cuban got this thing rolling, along with Adam Silver, along with every other owner. (laughs) I was going to say, Cuban did this? Cuban did this? I don't know. He's into gambling. (laughs) That's what's happening in Dallas. Uh, Everybody excited. Yeah. For the first month? For people to be into it, I think it's working. People equally excited as maybe confused, though, when it came to, like, who's got to win and what needs to happen and how many points does my team need to win by and what needs to happen in that other game? Like, there was a lot of texts going on last night amongst my basketball friends, like, which which is great. I think a good sign of people like, what needs to happen here? Does mm-hmm. this matter? Does it not? But still some confusion. I think that's just going to, that's always going to be the case in these small groups. That point differential is very important. The point um, differential. Yeah. That's the biggest question, I right. think, for people. We have six divisions, three division winners get in from each conference. So you get six and then you get two who kind of have to have a point, great point differential. Basically. That's what it comes down to. I think... Silver and some of these owners, Cuban, who still has a good stake, but everybody gets into a a meeting, into a room and discusses it in the offseason after this first try and decides, how do we get there, basically? Like maybe tinker, you mean? Yeah, I think that's all they have to tinker. People wondering, oh, maybe winners should get a new draft pick or should get an all-star appearance or that kind of thing. I don't buy that. We'll talk about that later. But I think they should talk about who gets there, how they get there. But people want to go to Vegas. That's what a lot of players yeah. and people were talking about last night besides the point differential. So I think people are extremely excited. Yep. Yeah. Teams, players were going for it. And that made, again, this is late November basketball, uh, much more exciting than it usually is. So let's go through some of the key games. And then we'll obviously look at the Elite Eight. The eight teams going to the knockout stage. We can make some predictions if we want. But Elite we'll, Eight? We'll are they st- calling them that? I don't think you legally can. <laughs> I, I'm not sure. I put it on the thumbnail. We might get sued by the NCAA. <laughs> uh, Western Conference. Let's start on that side because... Because, uh, you know, the game of the night, really, the Absolutely. ending, the result at the end. Malik Monk, late basket, leads the Kings past their nemesis, the Warriors, 124-123 to win West Group C. So Kings are through, Warriors are out. This game was this game was pretty damn entertaining. These two teams always play entertaining games, but what a wild finish. What a comeback. And it came down to the end, some way, somehow, with Malik Monk hitting that very, very, very tough shot over Andrew Wiggins, who's playing really well all of a sudden. That was a tough shot for yeah, him to hit. Crazy. He banked it home. 
luckily did he mean to no he, he, he meant to throw well he did want to say it's over kind of thing he said after after uh yeah on the microphone maybe i should just call it that's game i meant to do that either way wiggins was playing incredible defense it probably shouldn't have come down to that, that that's the great thing about this this whole thing and how it all shook down to Malik Monk getting a shot and then Curry trying to win it at the other end with Clay Thompson being really angry that he didn't get a pass from Steph Curry because he was wide open on that side. Clay going from angry in press conferences to angry on the floor there. He wanted, should have come down to that. Well, the Kings just fought so hard. The Warriors were up 24 points in the second quarter. They're playing so freaking well, but the Kings fought back in yeah. this game. And that was so, so fun. You had Brian Anderson on the call, on TNT call, going, the Sasha Vizenkov game. That's right. Because he had eight points off the bench, you know, hitting the, those threes with his left hand. But, yeah, listen, Curry, Wiggins playing so good. And the Kings came back and talked about Draymond Green getting that tech in the fourth, mm-hmm. which was really key for them to pick it up for them. And then Draymond Green, as he went to the bench, because Steve Kerr said, listen, I don't want you to get tossed from the game. So come on to the bench. Uh, it, they were still up one point with 37 seconds left, and Draymond Green threw it out of bounds. That was huge. Yeah. Uh, he thought Clay Thompson was going to the corner. Yep. Clay was thinking, why are we trying to rush here? We have a lot of time on the shot clock. Let's burn some time. And he threw it out of bounds, and then somehow that's when the monk shot came. I thought the Kings were toast when uh, Clay fumbled like a shot attempt. Like he lost control of the ball. Maybe he got knocked out, and then it went to half court. He saved it from going over and back, and he saves it perfectly to Curry, who's wide open at the three-point line. He bangs home the three off the broken play, and that put the Warriors up five, and I was like, oh, it's going to be another one of those type of nights for the Kings. Though it was weird in this one, right? You said it. Golden State's up 24, and that was important because, yeah, the Kings wanted to beat Golden State because they never do, uh, really, but... If they were going to lose, there was a point differential where they just had to lose by 11 or less. So they had to get back in the game. Mm -hmm. Then they obviously had it close enough, and they took care of business. What I loved about all this talk, like again, about the point differentials and all that, is um, these games still do matter in the damn standings. Like, who's to say this victory is not a tiebreaker between a Warriors and Kings later on in the season? It's possible. Like, that's what I like about some of these other teams um, that weren't, you know, quote-unquote, weren't playing for advancement in the tournament, it's still a regular season game. They still want to win the game. Yeah. Right? So they are still playing. It's not like they're like, well, we're done. We're absolutely out of it. No, it's a, it's a win-loss out of the 82. So, I mean, that's a, that's a cool little wrinkle to this, I think. Yeah. You have those other games that don't, quote-unquote, matter. They do matter because it's a regular season still. Yeah, when it comes down to it, back to the ownerships and back to the NBA, teams are playing hard in regular season games. I think people might be wondering, are these regular season games? <laughs> uh, you know, the casual fan might say, this is a tournament game. But literally every single one of these games here in the round robin, in the quarterfinals, and in the semifinals, they're just regular season games. Yes, right. They are one of the 82 games. There's only one game. It's the tournament final. Not sure what we're calling it, the cup final, or whatever they end up <laughs> calling it. That game is the 83rd game for those two teams, and that's it. Everything else is a regular season game. So it was a blast to see this. Yeah, the Warriors had to win by 12, and apparently they were in their timeout wondering, 
what did the Wolves do? Because what the Wolves did yeah. mattered with their plus minus. So they were asking, and they had to end up winning by 12 points. And it looked so good in the second quarter, but the yeah. Kings just kept fighting back. You mentioned that ridiculous clay pass that he hooked. That was huge. There was another one by DeMontis Sabonis at the end of the second quarter where he, he literally just left-armed it. It would look like a quarterback up to Kevin Herter because those were key buckets, even though the Warriors were still up big at half. The end of the second quarter was really big for the Kings. They just made some really key plays to keep fighting, to keep fighting, to keep fighting. And that Draymond Green tech foul at the fourth quarter just kind of swayed things for the Kings. That brought their momentum up. That really helped them uh, in the end. But they fought. That was a, a lot of fun. Yeah, Fox special again. You know, he had a big three late in this one. Herter had a good game. And the Kings, again, they rarely beat the Warriors. You know, like they obviously lost in the playoffs in a in a sort of an epic seven-game series, but they had lost a lot of regular season uh, games to them. So that was big, and they obviously move on uh, and advance here to the quarterfinals. Uh, let's go to Luka Doncic. He played. <laughs> I was wrong on that one. Thought he might sit that out with the uh, banged up hand, but he scored 41, had nine boards, nine assists to prevent the Rockets from advancing to the quarterfinals because the Mavs win 121-115. So Pelicans fans, I guess, what, they got to send Luka Doncic like a nice, I don't know, gift basket? You mm-hmm. know, some jams, some mm-hmm. crackers maybe? Maybe some nut, maybe some chocolate and nuts. <laughs> maybe hit the beach because uh, they obviously the Pelicans wanted the Mavericks to win, and that made them move on. Yeah, it's great that we have a small market battle. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But this one, even the Mavs, they desperately wanted to win this one. They had Dirk Nowitzki on the broadcast the entire game. Yeah, they said, "Hey, Dirk, will you come out here?" And in, there was some jokes in the first quarter, like. Maybe I'm done here. Maybe I'm done doing this broadcast thing. But Cuban was sitting also courtside. Like they were trying to win this game. Dirk uh, saw April, Big LP, they call him. Shangun hit that tough shot off one leg in the first quarter. The Dirk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the Dirk. And he goes, there he is. <laughs> you know, he, look, he was looking at himself. And then Luca somehow getting to 41, very fitting. That's Dirk's number that he wore. So kind of cool that uh, he was sitting there. With Derek Jones finally going to the bench, they decided we'll go Derek Jones first time coming off the bench and instead uh, starting Josh Green. So Derek Derek Jones was really good. 15 points and a huge hammer to end this game. Yeah, Yeah, huge. He can still dunk. And Kyrie, you know, tail two halves with him, you know, really struggled in the first half, but 22 of his 27 points coming in the second, he caught fire as we uh, see from time to time. And yeah, again, big, big win. Uh, Mavericks ain't going anywhere in the in-season tournament, but that win puts the Pelicans through to the quarterfinals. And unfortunate that the Rockets, who have, uh, you know, been one of the feel-good stories of this NBA season, uh, you know, couldn't move on. Problem yeah. is, they just can't win on the road. They're 0-5 now. They're 0-5, yeah. but they keep fighting. I mean, they had to go to L.A., they go here to Dallas. It's a tough schedule. It's a tough schedule on the road that they're losing, and they lose in a very, very close fashion. Maybe if Fred Van Vliet hit some shots, he you know he had a pretty cold night. He yeah. was the only one that had a cold night of all of them. Then they win. So I think they're showing pretty well. Yeah. I think they're doing pretty well on the road. So the Western quarterfinals, right, when it comes to the IST, baby, uh, we've got the Pelicans and Kings. That's on Monday night. And we've got the Suns and Lakers. So the Pelicans... You know, they just swept Sacramento in a little uh, two-game series there in New Orleans last week. So maybe the Kings will get some revenge for that. And then it's Suns and Lakers. That's like the marquee game here of the knockout round. 
we get KD going against LeBron again, and uh, the Lakers narrowly won both of their earlier meetings uh, between the two teams, though Devin Booker didn't play in either of those games, so uh, that obviously changes the equation here. But uh, thoughts on on the West IST QFs? <laughs> I'm excited to see yeah Durant versus LeBron, and obviously Booker will likely play, yeah. both Booker and Durant likely to play this game in Los Angeles, so the Lakers have home court advantage, but they've played two close games, as you said. Uh, and the other one, I'm excited to see two small market teams, two small city teams in the NBA play throughout these four quarterfinals. The only one is the Pelicans versus the Kings. Otherwise, you've got the Celtics playing in the one Eastern Conference quarterfinal. You've got the Knicks and the Bucks in the other yep. one. Yep. And then you've got the Lakers and the Suns. So I'm excited just to, to back one of those two teams. If we're talking Elite Eight, like you just said, we can do a little NCAA, you know, one of these one of these teams here, a small market team that Cinderella. Finally, finally makes it in. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I think that's why the NBA is ecstatic with how this actually sort of has gone so far after the group stage. You have, like, huge franchises, huge draws mm-hmm. in terms of markets in L.A., New York, big teams that are contenders, Celtics, Bucks, you know, Suns there as well. But then you have a few of these, like, small market, potentially Cinderella teams. Like, I think they like – don't you like the mix there? I mean – I think that's good, right? Yeah, you want a little bit of both. You get all the eyeballs from the big markets, but you get some of these like Pacers or yeah, like the the Pelicans or Kings here. Um, I like it. I, I'm with you, and yeah. I'm I think that'll be a really very entertaining game again between the Pels and Kings on Monday night. You just need one. You just need one of those two teams. You call them the George Mason. Call them the St. Peters. Whatever school <laughs> you want to call them, but I think you can. The problem is there with the Kings. That's a big team with the Pelicans, and the Pelicans. Own, I think, the advantage over the Kings, although this game is going to be in Sacramento, and, yeah. and who knows what happens. You see Sacramento against against the Warriors. They, Sacramento decides to go small, uh, and it's, you know they, they decide, well, this Warriors team isn't all that huge, even though Draymond Green is back. The Pelicans won for a reason against right. the Kings a couple times this season. Um, you want to make some predictions right now on those ones? Who you got advancing here? In Le- the West, are you going Le- with the home teams or are you going the upsets? What you got? Yeah, that's I'm going. I'm going home teams. I mm. think I think it is good for teams to try and get some revenge, try and fight back against teams that they've lost earlier in the season. Yeah. The Kings have lost to the Pelicans twice. Yeah, so I'm going with the Kings. And although the Phoenix Suns have lost to the Lakers twice, I'm taking LeBron and the Lakers. Yeah, you keep saying LeBron's going to Vegas. You have said that for weeks. Yeah, he's but gonna- I disagree. Okay. I think I think Book is the you know, huge difference maker here. Yeah. And just the, how the Suns have looked any game he plays in. They have an unbelievable record. So I I'll go I'll go King Suns in a Western Conference semifinal Can't matchup. Well, that would be amazing. I think eventually, probably not this year, but the NBA will make some sort of even bigger agreement with betting organizations and you could see somebody, you know, going to the window and saying, "$1000 on the Lakers, please." And I'm not talking about just me or you or some schmuck walking around i'm talking about lebron goes oh, goes yeah a thousand dollars on the lakers please I mean, he wants a team in las vegas so you i think pete rose it up here dude nah, not that much. Nah, 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 nah. Bet that's on your too own far team. that's too far uh but lebron wants a team in vegas and we're trying to work out 
gambling. We're just trying to work it all out. I mean, it's it's happening. It's happening everywhere. Yeah. So uh, LeBron's going to be betting on okay. the Lakers. Well, let's hear from everybody out there. Let's hear your predictions when it comes to those uh, West IST games. Let's go to the East. Last night, um, you know, there was a lot going on, and there was a lot of point differentials to figure out. Yeah. Uh, we'll start with the Bucks edging the Heat 131-124. They clinched the East Group B that, you know, Milwaukee won that game. They were going on. And, it, you know, it was close, but Giannis and Dame combining for 65 points. They rallied in the fourth quarter, and uh, they will host uh, they will host a game now here in the inaugural IST quarterfinals. A fantastic game. Bucks heat all the way down to the wire. And although everybody talks about Giannis and Dame with the Milwaukee Bucks, whenever they mention the Bucks, that's, those are the top two. I thought the factor was Chris Middleton yeah. in this one, who came back from injury. Everybody wondering. He had off-season surgery, got injured again with tendonitis. Is he going to be the guy to help them win a championship? He was. In the, in the last couple minutes, he was the guy that they could rely on because Dame, 220 left, he had a bad possession, basically like 22 seconds of holding the ball and then going into the lane and getting blocked. And what happens? They inbound to Chris Middleton. He hits an off-balance shot from the corner yep. with just two seconds left in the shot clock. He just tosses it off. A, a, a huge shot. And then their next possession, he goes into the lane. He goes hard right, spin to the left, jumper in the lane. A beauty. That looked like old Chris Middleton right yeah. there. Yeah. That was cash. Yeah, he ISOed basically Hawkes Jr. there. He took the rook to school, got to his spot, and you're right, he hit the jumper. Yeah, and Hawkes Jr. is a, a very large guy, mm-hmm. and he's a very good defensive player, and he was close to Middleton. Middleton just spun. There isn't, there's no way to guard him. It was a beautiful, beautiful play. So he looked agile in this the whole game. He, now, he doesn't play all the minutes nope. uh, that the Bucks used to play him because he is injured, but great to see him finish this game and that's why they won we had just talked about does Middleton need to play like old Middleton for the Bucks to win a championship you saw a little bit of it here he only played 23 minutes 17 points though eight boards he's a plus 20 when he's out there and the Bucks closed the game on a 16 to 6 run where they barely missed mm-hmm. five of six from the field five of five from the line um what do you think of Shaq on the broadcast there they're really pulling out all the big guns for these uh final night of group play games right we had Dirk on the Mavs broadcast we had Shaq here on the TNT broadcast yeah. Were you, were you a fan of Mr. Shaquille O'Neal? Are you asking me, are you entertained? <laughs> yes, I am. Yeah, I think he said that. He did. Uh, probably yeah. 10 times. Yeah, <laughs> I'm okay with it. People don't say it enough. <laughs> I like when he, uh, at one point, Lowry hit a corner three pretty late in the game. And he's like, he goes, looking like Pooh Richardson. Looking like Pooh Richardson. And he says <laughs> everything twice. I know. <laughs> it's a lot of what. Him and Reggie had a you know their weird dynamic going yeah. back and forth, all yeah. their uh, the Pacers Lakers days. But yeah, it's entertaining enough for for like one game. For one, you yeah. know, I don't think you could have that every game. No. <laughs> That's why they're here for the tournament. They'll right. be they'll be at the semifinals and the finals to to chip in uh, along with the ESPN team. Yeah, they're like merging. Yeah. The the two the two teams here. Yes. <laughs> I will say um, just quickly, you mentioned Lowry. Lowry drew a foul on Giannis Antetokounmpo. A great play for him. And Reggie said something like, Giannis Antetokounmpo's got an eight-inch advantage on him. No. Some, these guys do say some things that are wrong. He's a foot taller <laughs> yeah, than him. Yeah, yeah. A full foot. Eight to a foot, that's a good four-inch difference. He is a monster. And he was pissed. And that was the great thing about it. These guys were actually going at it. Yanis was you know, talking a little trash to Kyle Lowry, mm-hmm. which was great to see that on the floor. Um, yeah, he kept saying uh, – I didn't fact check it because he could be right on this one. Reggie Miller kept noting um, 
you know, Jaquez Jr., I think, was playing Bobby Portis pretty well. Mm-hmm. And he kept saying, Bobby Portis has 25, 30 pounds on him. He kept <laughs> saying that. He said it like three times. I was like, yeah, he probably does. I mean, he's much taller, Bobby Portis, than Hawkins Jr. But anyway, we'll have to fact check that. Uh, okay, so yeah, the Bucks win. They're through. This was an insane game. Jalen Brown scores 30 points as the Celtics pounded the Bulls 124-97. And they advance off of uh, of really the the tiebreaker there between Orlando and Brooklyn. The Celtics knew they needed to win by at least 22 points to win a potential tiebreaker. And, you know, they raced out to a big lead. They kept their starters in throughout. They went to hack a drumming at one point. Things got a little contentious between the uh, two coaches. And they got it done by running up the score. So Boston yeah. advances, yeah. Yeah, they, they needed to win by 22, so they had their guys playing the entire fourth quarter. And both coaches mad about that, I suppose, <laughs> or, or trying to figure it out. Everybody trying to figure it out. The fact is, people are talking about it, and it's good for the NBA. That's that's what it comes down to. People are interested in November basketball games, which are regular season games, and trying to figure out that number. But having your players play entire quarter because you need a 22 win is odd when you talk yeah. about it. That Those are the times they sit. Uh, but... It was good to see them. Well, out there. yeah, and it like they got into like the real nitty gritty. It was like Billy Don's like you are you already were up enough. You already had it because yeah. they were like they obviously went on to win by more than that. And yeah, it's like this. so now we're getting into the unwritten rules of the in season tournament. If your point differential is good enough, then you put your team to the bench. <laughs> well, what about if we give it all back? You know, like there's this weird part of it. Who cares? I mean, the Bulls are a joke. I mean, I mean, just they're miserable looking. They yeah. are a depressed team. They yeah. need a therapy session right now. From, uh, in the first half, this game was over. Oh, yeah. It was like it was really just how much is Boston going to win by. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. They go through because of the tiebreaker. So, an unfortunate night for Orlando, who's just sitting there it watching does scores. It for Orlando, yeah. And, you know, Brooklyn Nets, they took care of our Raptors, um, but not by enough. You know, they had to sort of get that uh, victory by a lot more to then beat their tiebreaker. But uh, in the end... The Celtics go through, and again, I'm sure the NBA is pretty happy about that. Mm-hmm. You know, as a as a con- championship contending team, uh, they move on. So East IST quarterfinals: Celtics at Pacers on Monday night, and then we have the Knicks at Bucks on Tuesday. Um, your thoughts on these two matchups? Yeah, good for Indiana that they get a home game because Boston is the best team among all these eight teams that remain. They are the best team. They should be the favorite. Okay. They have played the best throughout the start of the season. That being said, Pacers do get a home game, but the Pacers hammered them in the one game that they played earlier this season. Hasn't It was a, a monster. It was a 155-104 win. So I do think the Celtics win in Indiana, but um, yeah, the fact that Indiana has a game at yeah. home to try and make it to the semifinals, that's good for them. And then the other one, Knicks Bucks. They play three times now in December, the quarterfinal, December 23rd, and then Christmas. Uh, so those are that's a yeah. heavy schedule, um, but the Bucks having that home game also favors them. So I, I do expect the Bucks and the Celtics to be in that semifinal. Yeah, just double check that score you said there for the Pacers Celtics earlier in the season: one fifty-five to one hundred four for Boston. They won by fifty points. <laughs> they, were on, they were on fire in this game, and the Pacers hit five three pointers. Ugh. That'd be tough to win. Yeah, the Celtics hit 23s in that game. My goodness. You know, hopefully it's a much more competitive game than that. Yeah, but the Pacers struggle defensively. Yeah, it's, 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 and, and and the Celtics just are a better team. And this happens on Monday. So 
Porzingis probably won't be playing, right? He's out at least a week. He was on the broadcast last night. I'm not sure they talked <laughs> about it. Did they talk to him? I don't know. They sit him down? They talked about him playing for Latvia in the summer. Oh, okay. Can't wait. Well, another uh, tournament that point differential comes into play. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure if he plays, but they have Al Horford still running yes. around, being the center when Porzingis is out. So, they so have you, the do you think in the East then we get, uh, what, uh, like an obviously like a a potential playoff matchup that could be in the East Conference Finals in, yeah. in the Celtics winning and the Bucks, I assume, beating the Knicks at home. Yes, absolutely. Yes, I think most people will be uh, predicting that one, but you tell us if you're wrong. Any final thoughts there on uh, last night's you know, final group play stage and looking forward to these quarterfinal matchups? And What do you think about all the scores on the screen <laughs> there in Miami specifically? It was, we, were, we were watching all of them, but you had to squint to see them. Or at least I did. There's a lot on, like they used to do more so, including in the NCAA game where yeah, you have yeah. other. I don't, I don't like them. I absolutely don't like seeing them. <laughs> it didn't really bother me with the actual game that I was watching because you could see everything still happen. Mm-hmm. But I didn't particularly like them. It would be good to have what needs to be done in that game on the screen. Yes, like some sort of almost like maybe even something you could activate. Like on your screen like that would show bar. you the moving, like, uh, you know, when you watch an F1 race and yeah. they're showing you obviously the time differences and who's overtaken who, that'd be pretty slick if you could figure that out live right there. And you're like, oh, like as the, as the scores change in these games all going on, it's yeah. like moving. That'd be pretty neat. Yeah. I wouldn't go full sidebar like an F1 race <laughs> okay, fair. because it would take away one rim. That's why it'd be tough to put. It would be hard to see what's happening on one side of the floor. Well, like unless, right at the unless floor. we do the thing that everybody hates, where you squeeze the the main screen down. Oh, don't uh, squeeze don't do it. That. You don't want to. But I, I, that's why the location is a good pick for the games, mm-hmm. upper side. Yeah, and the just top. just let us know. And I think that's a discussion again. What's going to happen in the off season? Let's figure out what the heck all these point differentials means. What do we play for? What do we play for? We play four games. The winner goes on. But the point differential, I think, is the thing that they have to talk about from coaches, GMs, and all that. I mean, it's, it's I like, don't hate it. I don't hate it at all. I mean, and, and it's giving us these hilarious scenarios where teams, like, have their starters still playing. That's what happened. trying to balloon a lead. So, uh, yeah. Well, well, let's hear your thoughts. Were you a fan of what happened last night? The eight teams through. Is the NBA, uh, you know, pretty ecstatic with those squads that are going through? And uh, who do you have winning there on Monday and Tuesday night? I like that we go right into this, basically. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just right around the corner uh, where, again, they're still at home. And then they eventually would make their way to Vegas for, what do you say, uh, Thursday, Thursday is when those games happen. Yeah. All right. Pivoting to some other news in the NBA. Dallas Mavericks owner Mark Cuban is selling a majority stake in the franchise somewhere in the range of like 3.5 billion mm-hmm. in valuation to casino magnate Miriam Adelson and her family and then here's the kicker to all this Cuban will retain shares and crucially he's going to stay in charge of basketball operations the deal is said to be agreed upon it's pending league approval but this came out of nowhere <laughs> i mean yeah. really uh did this move by Cuban i guess on monday he uh he left Shark Tank. Mm-hmm. Tuesday, he sells a, a majority stake in his team, but he's still going to run them. So what the hell's going on here? This is a bit of a Shark Tank deal. <laughs> uh, I, and because this is 3.5 or 350 bill. 3.5 bill. Th- they should be 350 bill. No, I get a con- <laughs> I get a confused with the, the 200. Oh, boy. There's too many numbers here. The one that he the bought t- the team for? No, that was nothing. He that bought was the team for 285 million. Yes, yeah. yes. I get it confused with 
her sell of her stocks in, in the deal because Miriam Adelson and their family, like you said, they own lots of casino stocks. They own lots of casinos around the world. Uh, and I think that's why I call it a Shark Tank deal because Cuban has talked about building an arena with an attached casino. Yes, that's right. And so this is a, a Shark Tank deal because he still has the ability to make decisions about basketball and has somebody else who has those uh, a business idea about what's going on with the casinos around it. He wants mm-hmm. legalized gambling in Texas. So I think that's what it all comes down to. He retains a strong stake in this team, even though it is that $3.5 billion, as we said. People wondering, it could have gone for more. We saw the Suns sell for four. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe the fact that he is still a shareholder and still a, a basketball businessman in this, this in this situation lowered the value or lowered the price for the Adelson family. Uh, but yeah, Cuban's done with Shark Tank, but I think he sat at the table and said, what am I going to do here? What am I going to do here? I want to build an arena. I want to legalize gambling in, in this state. Let's make it happen. And so you think this is all connected to that in selling to the Las Vegas Sands Corporation into Adelson and that family that own it, that that's all linked here together and that will be the move forward. Yeah, well, I think gambling will be a part of it as they operate casinos. They, they are controlling shareholder of that Las Vegas Sands Corp. Yeah, I do think yeah. it. But he still wants to maintain this ability of basketball decisions. You can't just come in here if you're not basketball experts and and, and decide who goes in. He, he still retains that as a, a strong stakeholder. Now, he kind of gave some of that to Nico Harrison a couple of years ago who yeah. runs runs the, the front office. So he did that a couple of years back. But, yeah, the, the, the money... Uh, um, being at what it is, I think he probably could have got more way down the the line, but he still retains a strong stake. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So first off, Tim Cato at the Athletic, he did report Nico Harrison hired as the general manager in 2021. He has um, sort of taken on a much larger role. I guess Cuban has been less influential when it comes to front office matters. He's still involved. He knows what's happening. I'm sure he has final say, but it really is sort of Harrison. And that team there now is probably more operating it on a day-to-day basis. Okay, there's that. This whole thing where Cuban said last year that he and the Las Vegas Sands Corporation, again, the Adelsons, really, um, they wanted to form this partnership and build this new arena, which also has a casino in this new Dallas area, and that's the move. But you got to get gambling legalized here in Texas. So, you know, that's going to take state legislature and voters' approval and all that stuff, uh, you know, to make it become legal statewide. The reason this is important that who they're selling it to uh, maybe has to do with that is Sheldon Adelson. He was a big financial supporter of Texas Governor Greg Abbott until Sheldon died in 2021. So his wife, Miriam, continues to contribute to the governor. They're big Trump supporters as well. So this idea that like this very, very rich family with a lot of say, obviously, in the casino business, yeah, might help push through this whole plan here in the state of Texas to then make this dream that Cuban and, I guess, the Adelsons have come to fruition. It's all linked Mm -hmm. together. But gambling has been legalized in partnership with the NBA as well, where the the NBA has made an agreement with gambling as well over the last two years, I suppose. So yeah. Yeah. it was destined to happen in a way, not not necessarily locally in Texas, uh, but 
that the ownerships and every group was comfortable with it, as they are. As we see in every NBA broadcast, FanDuel tells you to gamble on this or whatever. You know, tell, there's there's lots of deals happening. So I think Cuban and this SEC deal, that's what I was reading prior to the Adelsons selling a lot of their stake, selling their stocks, I should say, in this Las Vegas Sands Corp for a couple bill, just a couple bill. Um, so they're using, they're using that $2 billion to own the... Dallas Mavericks in a majority role, but Cuban will still be there. Right, so that's uh, going to be in the contract. Yes, so he still sells the team, but will still control, along with Nico Harrison and others that he wants, to make basketball decisions. She uh, she did announce on Tuesday that Adelson, uh, uh, Miriam, was selling $2 billion worth of stock there in that company that you said, Las Vegas Sands. Only 10% of her stake. Yeah. <laughs> This is one of the richest women in the world, one of the richest people in the world. Uh, I think Forbes had her as the 35th richest person this year. Um, Like they have like an estimated net worth of like, we're talking 30 plus billion here. So Mm -hmm. it's like, this is like small fries to them, which is, which is wild. The whole other theory here though is uh, Mark Cuban's running for president. Yeah, that is, (laughs) that is baloney. Um, I do not buy that whatsoever. Okay. Cubes can do things. I hear Cubes talk about artificial intelligence and where it's going, and and so that interests me. That interests me from the Cube side of things. Um, but I do not buy that. You can't own. You can't be a basketball operator and be president of the United States. I, I don't. I, I don't think so. But no, I, you're asking a Canadian. Absolutely okay, not. Okay. So I think that's not happening. Sorry, I'm going to call out the Air Bud rule. Where in the rules does it say you can't <laughs> run a basketball team and run for president uh, or yeah. be president? Uh, oh, uh, did, uh, didn't didn't um, what's his name? Who's George that little Bush. guy with the big ears? Well, oh yeah, he had some ownership in the Texas Rangers. Yeah, like, he but yeah. he uh, Ross, Ross Perot it. too. Oh, he was an owner of one of these franchises at yeah. some point. That's he why he never won. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, it it definitely feels like the, like so. Other people just say, well, why would he sell it all then? Even if this whole like build the arena casino thing, but it feels like, hey, I'll I'll help you out. You help me out, and we'll just get really rich. <laughs> rich people getting richer, right? What what's the what's the play otherwise? I don't know. I I think we will find out throughout the years. I here. think so because you had just said a lot of people were like, wow, you could have sold it for way more. Way more. Well, more. I don't know. The but Suns maybe not for... have this deal where he still gets to run the damn thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And he's off of Shark Tank. There's a lot happening. I heard him. I heard him talk to John Stewart about artificial intelligence. Maybe there's something in that direction. You know. Maybe, what, what did maybe... he make? What do you think he made going on Shark Tank? Mark Cuban. Oh uh, yeah, Ball yearly because yeah. he was on for 16 seasons. I think next year he still will be on next year. That will be his last season. That's 17 seasons. He was on, on it. He was on it that long. Yeah. Holy crap. Yeah. That's a lot of sharks. Is it a is it a survivor type thing where it's like two seasons a year? Or has it literally been uh, 16 I years? I do know at least. We have people that work on the Canadian version. Yes. Shout out to yeah. Canada because they made this happen. The they drag- made the Shark Tank happen. Let's talk about the Dragons. Dragons Den, yes. Den was first. <laughs> um, they bang that shit out. Yeah. In like a, a season is shot in like literally a week. Yeah. If if that, it's crazy. Because I saw some people saying like, oh, Cuban, yeah, he's, it was just too much work going on Shark yeah, Tank. I was yeah. like, no, it wasn't. It was, he probably showed up for three days. Yeah. Three days he probably sat in that chair. He's done. 
Uh, I think he's already shot next season. Yeah, probably. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, well, let's uh, let's hear everybody's take on what's going on. What's going on with Mavs selling a majority stake? Uh, Mavs with Mark <laughs> selling a majority stake in the Mavs. I'm telling you, he's building. An, he's building an AI company. What do you keep saying? <laughs> <laughs> what? Because what because it? AI is taking over. <laughs> well, why can't he? He is going to manage it. But manage still run. Company. But still run the Mavs. What? He barely runs the Maybe he's going to merge the two. It'll be artificial, intelligent um, you know, players. He'll draft the first AI. <laughs> Not Iverson, but... <laughs> yeah, or, or make make a, a fitting app. I don't know. <laughs> okay. I don't know You're an ideas man. I don't know what's you happening. You should go on Shark Tank with these ideas. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, Mark. I am here to sell you on an AI deal. <laughs> okay, please explain it. Oh, it's an app. <laughs> That's all I've heard right now. Uh, uh, okay, let's uh, take our first break, and when we come back, we'll hit the beach. Okay, we're back here in the Classic Factory. It's been a while. Let's hit the beach. You got the buzz. I got the rockets. You got the nuts. I got the chocolates. We got that chick chat down pat, blah, blah, blah. You got that certain special. Genesis quoi. Let's go to the beach, baby. <laughs> yeah, we're on the beach. We're pumped. Slipknot. We're reading your emails and tweets. Oh, this is JD's uh, friends band. What are they called again, JD? Uh, they're called Jab. Jab? Jab. Okay. J-A-B. Okay. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, uh, I know their music in those uh, digital Christmas cards. <laughs> Jib Jab? There you go. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I had no idea. Deep cut. <laughs> Fucking crickets on that one. I had no idea. <laughs> it took me a second. <laughs> Okay, first question. A lot of these were tweets. This one from at uh, Willie the Whale. Who would you rather start your franchise with, Zion Williamson or John Morant? As the top two picks just four years ago, I feel like both of their stocks have risen and fallen multiple times. They've already reached the highest highs and lowest lows, but where do you stand on them today? You got to take on this task if you were, I guess, you know, starting a franchise right now. Are you taking Zion or Ja? My first take was... Willie the Whale, great question. This had me thinking for a little bit. Okay, I had to think, John Morant or Zion Williamson. But I am taking John Morant. This is about basketball. We're talking about players who have played four seasons in the NBA, and clearly one has had a higher ceiling, and that's John Morant. Yes, he has glorified guns. That is something he has to learn from mm-hmm. as he is suspended here with the Memphis Grizzlies. But if I'm starting an organization, I would rather bet on that. I'd rather bet on him growing and learning than Zion Williamson necessarily even playing. We don't know for sure that Zion's going to play. He's been injured so many times. And we know John Morant is crazy good at basketball. Look at all his four seasons. He's had uh, a shorter span here in the NBA where he has been incredible and growing. So I understand why you would take Zion, Mm -hmm. but I think it's difficult to take him uh, if David Griffin was sitting here the guy who signed him to the max deal and signed him to a deal where he has to eat less basically have a, a, a better workout plan and not be injured it's, it's just a tougher tougher move for me but I understand it's a good question uh, like again right now um, 
I guess you're okay. If we're starting right now, I guess you're not going to have John Morant for uh, what? How many more games does he have to serve? Yeah, about on 10. Suspension? About 10. Uh, I think I'm leaning towards I would take him, though, if I'm like building the franchise uh, for all the reasons you just laid out. Um, you, don't, you don't feel, I guess, you don't feel amazing about either pick. Like, you're not like, yeah, we're set <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for a decade here. But I think I feel maybe more comfortable with John Morant, of course, playing more games. Uh, Zion's been good. Zion's had a weird year, right? He's played. He's been healthy for the most part. Yeah. The field goal percentage has sort of dipped uh, pretty significant for him, but he's still putting up numbers. Pelicans are still, you know, they're okay. Well, he hasn't been bad, but I don't feel like he's, like, wowed a lot of people either. He has Which is weird. It, it is weird because we always go back to Zion and say when he's on the floor, he's the best player. But he hasn't been at times this season, yeah. and he sat out some back-to-backs to just try and keep him healthy. So it seems odd. So that's why I wouldn't put – everything I own into him. I'd rather go with John Morant, two-time All-Star, All-NBA player, and success in the playoffs. We've seen him three times in the playoffs and win a playoff series. Can't say that about Zion Williamson at all. So I would take Morant just because I'd bet on that. Zion Williamson could win an NBA Cup, though, in the (laughs) in-season tournament. Yeah, should be fun. Didn't play. Uh, All right, let's go to the next one. This one from The Magician. What do you think is the ceiling of the up-and-coming Orlando Magic this year? Do you think a deep playoff run is in the cards? Unfortunately, not going to be part of the cup. The Magic have had an incredible <laughs> yeah. season, but in-season tournament, no, they didn't make it. Ah, uh, yeah, what's the ceiling? Mm. I mean, a first-round playoff victory would be incredible. It would be. It would be amazing. Look, they're 12-5. and five. They're third in the East. The defense is legit. This is why you actually can, like start to believe in them. It's like it's not like they're on fire from 3 here for the for the through the first couple of weeks. It's not like they haven't even been, you know, you know, uh avoided the injury bug. They've had guys significant guys like Wendell Carter Jr and stuff like that, Markel Fultz that have missed time but they just plug in other guys. Um I guess what I'm getting at here is this feels a little more uh sustainable with how they're winning games and uh the depth of their squad and what they're doing right now. So yeah, winning a first round playoff series would be just an, an out of nowhere season, like a huge come up. Mm-hmm. Them just getting there is probably an awesome season in their books. Uh, if everybody you know continues to contribute on the defensive end, I mean they're awesome when they put their you know when Isaac's out there causing havoc, when Suggs is out there causing havoc. They're they can win a lot of games like that. Uh, and then you've got Franz and Paolo sort of carrying enough of the offensive load. Cole Anthony too off the bench. I don't want to forget about him. Um, so that's where I would put them at. Uh, would I bet on them to win a first-round series? Probably not. Probably not. Getting there, though, I'm feeling more and more confident as we get closer to like you know the quarter mark of the season that, yeah, they'll probably be a play-in slash playoff team. But it is a great sign that they're an incredible defensive team yeah. and continue to grow offensively. They were sort of at the bottom end of the offensive uh, rankings, but they've come up because Franz Wagner has found his way yep. uh, over the last few weeks. And you can see that being very 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 important also as you mentioned guys like Wendell Carter who has been injured so Goga Bataze comes in oh, plays incredibly well amazing. Markel Fultz out um, so rookie Anthony back plays but Cole Anthony also coming in and helping so imagine those guys all being healthy and them mm. trying to figure this thing out so if Wagner is good offensively if Paolo Boncaro grows even more offensively which could easily pop, happen. Uh, Jalen Suggs, very solid. You have you have a lot of guys with even another Wagner, Mo Wagner, Joe Ingles, and Goga coming off the bench. It feels like this team is legitimate. 
to winning a playoff series. We just talked about John Morant. It'd be similar to that. You get to the playoffs, you look friggin' great. You win a playoff series, you, it's like a, a, an incredible win for the season, mm-hmm. as, as you just said. It's an incredible achie- achievement. Now... You want to talk about a conference finals? You want to talk about winning two series? No. Uh, at no the, we're at, getting ahead of ourselves to no. think that. I mean, at, their, their biggest issue, too, is three-point shooting. They mm-hmm. do not have a lot of it. They don't hit it at a high percentage. They rank sort of among like all those lower categories when you're looking at the three ball, and that's always going to be a disadvantage in today's game. But you know their defense helps them out and obviously keeps them in games, and you it feels like most nights you have enough scoring between a Paolo and a Franz, and then again, sort of a Cole Anthony as your like sort of explosive six man. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, Goga and Mo and all, like everybody else contributing just enough. Like, defense is going to keep them in games here. Um, but, yeah, winning two f- series? No. No. I, I, I'd, I'd be legitimately wondering who's going to grow offensively. We talked about Wagner has looked solid. He's not a number one um, on a winning team. I wouldn't say, although he's a very, very solid player, can read defenses, can get into the lane and find passes. Paolo Boncaro also can grow even more. Jalen Suggs hasn't been incredibly good offensively, although he's an incredible defensive guy. So they have great defense. They have good core guys. It seems like they're a number one offensive player away from being incredible. Mm. And that's why the Zach Levine rumors are legitimate. Because this team could be so damn good. They have bought into what Jamal Mosley has taught them. And, yeah, this, I just wonder if the scoring comes from within or they need to get it from somewhere else. Their goal is just to get into playing games over a playoff series and get reps for Paolo and Franz. I mean, those guys have That's had... That's the goal, Those yeah. guys have had... Those have they've had reps in the international game, but not in an NBA series that matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's obviously when the game changes and teams, like, uh, change their game plan and all that against you or lock it down, take things away. So they need that. They just need experience. But they look great. They're, like, the feel-good story here of the year. Uh, next one here from Swish. Early sloppy season. <laughs> How do we recreate a Sabonis-Halliburton trade in which Detroit and San Antonio are both happy? Hmm. Cade and Wiseman get a change of scenery? Graham and future picks get routed back. San Antonio would get a point guard of the future there in Cade. Detroit would extend its timeline under a long Monty Williams contract. So, I got to be honest. When I read this, I read Graham. (laughs) I was like, did he mean Malachi Branham? I thought it was a typo. No, I believe this uh, switch meant Devontae Graham. I guess Cade Cunningham and James Wiseman for Devontae Graham, Doug McDermott, let's say, and picks technically works but would that be insane for detroit to do to move off of the number one pick here in cade they wouldn't be they wouldn't be getting enough back i agree so when you look back to that sacramento indiana trade two incredible players traded for each other which fit extremely well now maybe Halliburton was playing with fox and it wasn't working well with them to being being two guards that handled the ball all that well so going to indiana he just shone and then Demontis Sabotis coming back to Sacramento to play with De'Aaron Fox yeah. has worked incredibly that well. Was a, that was a small for a big here. <laughs> yeah. That makes sense. So that worked well. Demontis Sabotis shining with him. But what is this trade? What is this trade? Graham and future picks for Cade. It's just not enough for Detroit. But I like the email, so I got into it a little bit. Cade on the Spurs makes incredible sense because they need a small to go along with Webb and Yaman. Yeah. They need a, a point guard. They need a guard. They're, they're, they're trying Sohan. He's not a starting point guard. It's not his thing. They have... Trey Jones, who I think should play more. So that's who I think should come back. If if the Pistons got off Cade Cunningham, which I don't see why they would do that at this point, you need 
more than Devontae Graham in picks. Devin Vassell coming back, who's having an incredible season shooting the basketball for the Spurs. Over 40% from three. He looks great. Along with Trey Jones and picks, you have a backcourt. You have shooters. You have guys. So you're saying at, you know, in a Spurs Pistons hypothetical, Cade going to San Antonio and the key piece being Devin Vassell coming to Vassell and Trey Jones. A little more balanced. Yeah, yeah. They need guards. You're trading Cade Gunningham. You need guards, Vassell and Trey Jones. Is it enough? Even I don't think so. I don't I don't I'm not I love I love Devin Vassell. I think Trey Jones, Tyus Jones, bro, uh needs to get more reps there because you got Sohan stealing all those minutes uh as a starter. Because they're looking for a guard. They're looking for a point guard. They don't have one. So, yes, Cade Cunningham on their team makes a heck of a lot of sense. But what did the Spurs get out of it? Vassell's a great shooter. Um, Trey Jones is solid at the point guard spot. But I think people are sort of undervaluing Cade Cunningham at this point. It's not enough. uh, Maybe the more realistic Pistons guard to move is Jaden Ivey. There's been a lot of sort of that's getting a lot of buzz there on Twitter. Uh, where people think he's not that great, but other people pointing out, I saw uh, at Trill Bro Dude saying, Ivy is averaging 19.5-4 per 36 on 62% true shooting percentage. Those are small sample numbers there, but that's really, really solid, Like especially when he plays without Cade. Again, it's small without Cade. Um, people compare it to like, that's sort of what Fox did in his second year there, like that those type of per 36 numbers uh, given the opportunity, where other people think, you know, that Ivy's not that great and that a lot of people were high, too high on him come the draft. I know Matt Moore was getting into it with some people about what can the Pistons do? They drafted Ivy, who some people loved. He hasn't hit. They drafted Killian Hayes. He missed. Cade's good, but he needs shooting. They don't have it. And, you know, everybody going back and forth. But um, moving Jaden Ivy is that, – that's like – and getting something back that could help your team, be it in shooting or another young guard or something like that. I think there might be something there. There might be an overlap is what I'm getting at with Ivy and Cade. I'm not, I don't know if the Pistons are going to need both of them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, Ivy hasn't materialized as a shooter. I would hope when Boyan Bogdanovich comes back and they have a little bit more of a spreader of the floor type person, but you know, As- Asar hasn't been that either. They need shooting. As good as well, yeah. like a guy like Asar and Cade are in a box, they just need people to help. And Ivy isn't that guy. So I understand the, the worrisome part yeah. what they're shooting. The Pistons are five years removed from 30 wins or making the playoffs, and they're eight years removed from their last winning season. And do you know the year, what year it was the last time the Pistons won a playoff game? They didn't beat the Bucks with Blake Griffin there with, with uh, an 8-1 matchup? No? We're going way back? What year do you know? Uh, I would, when Blake was there, like you said, they haven't been no, there for no, five years. Yeah, no. Uh, we're going way back. It's way back. They beat the Cavs then, 8 1. Uh, so 2014. 2008. Oof, jeez. They haven't won a playoff game since 2008. I guess they got swept. Then. Yeah, they they were like a classic, always getting swept. I'm yeah. just fact checking this, but uh, it's pretty incredible. I mean, they haven't made the playoffs a whole lot, so yeah. Way back wow. in the day. Uh, anyway, let's hear your thoughts on a potential, uh, you know, Spurs Pistons type of meal, uh, deal there. Okay, we'll fire through some more. Okay, mailbag yeah, questions. Yeah. Wow. You you up for it? Yeah, let's do it. Well, we can do it quick. At Suns Dude wrote, who would be on your all time spectacle team? <laughs> Build a starting five that would draw the most viewers. Doesn't have to be because of skill. He just wants he just wants to talk starting five. Okay, I I, I, I couldn't I couldn't do this to be honest. <laughs> I, I just I went like great players. When I when I looked at well, this. yeah, I'm going great players. 
I'm trying to draw viewers. Yeah, okay. But uh, but you, I'm saying, well, yeah. well, I'll give you my team. Okay. Uh, all-time spectacle team. I actually do have some debates because it's like nearly impossible to pick between the two. Okay, let's start with my point guard. I had two in consideration here. Magic Johnson yep. and Steph Curry. Same with me. Yeah. So, okay, you can't go wrong with either. I'm going to go Steph. Yeah. I'm going to go Steph for just for fun. You get the kids. You know, he resonates more with the kids. We'll talk about Magic later in this show, too. All mm. right, Steph Curry's my point guard. Shooting guard is the easiest pick of all time. It's Michael Jordan. Fine. Come on. Yeah. You know, some people are going to be Kobe, but I'm going to go MJ. Uh, small forward, Vince Carter. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Young Vince Carter, Raptors Vince Carter, hell yeah. That's why you could just take Kobe just because. Uh, Even if he's played Vince's in game highlights. Forward. I watch him every five days. <laughs> uh, it's yeah. unbelievable. Hey, he's the reason I'm a fan of basketball. He saved basketball in Canada. That seems good enough for me <laughs> okay. for the all time spectacle team. Okay, so I'm going to go Vince. I mean, you could go LeBron, obviously, small forward. You got a ton of guys. Uh, power forward, I debated between. Um, Larry Bird or Charles Barkley? <laughs> I think I'm ultimately going to go Bird on this team. Do you have uh, someone else there in the power forward position? Again, this is just for like fun or viewership or whatever, you know? Yeah, draw. I'm, th- I'm thinking viewership. I'm thinking draw. I'm thinking guy who's always on his own TV shows doing his own thing. So I got LeBron playing the four. Okay, yeah. Okay, we could do that. You could cheat, put LeBron there. Yeah, that's that's okay. That's probably It is good. LeBron. But, you know, Larry Bird, it's, that's fun. It's um, fun. It's like because it's not Duncan, you know. It's not, no. It's probably not Garnett. It's as probably good not as they Malone. were. Yeah, yeah. as great as all these power forwards are. Dirk, probably not, no. I think we, uh, we're we getting there. Okay, yeah, LeBron or Larry. And then center, man, this was the toughest one for me because I have three, like, of my all-time favorite centers to watch. Young Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah. Hakeem Olajuwon. That's just a personal favorite, I'll be honest. And then, uh, and then Jokic. <laughs> yeah. So I guess I'll go young Shaq. I mean, let's bring down some backboards. I'll get people buzzing. I have Shaq as well. Okay. Okay. So I, I'll go – I'm going Shaq, Bird, Vince Carter, Michael Jordan, and Steph Curry as my all-time spectacle team. Just fun. Just fun. I got Steph, Jordan, Kobe, LeBron, and Shaq. Okay. We're pretty similar. Or I was thinking about Giannis at center just because I think he would be good with uh, other I, guys. I, I can't, uh, people are going to be tuning out when he goes to the free throw line. Oh, you're thinking every time. Yeah, they'll just look at his at their phones for ten seconds. No True. big deal. All right, a couple more here uh, from Varium. Who's your favorite all-time player with a color name? We're talking, you know, Michael Red, Anthony Black, Blue Edwards, names of that nature. All-time favorite player with a color name, Tass. You no, know, this is fun. I also was going for a starting five. Oh, okay, how about it? Sure. I want to compost, so I'm picking browns and greens. Uh, but I'm also picking an incredible brown to start the game and the third quarter. Jalen Brown, that's what he does. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He takes over in the first quarter and the third quarter. Okay. I'm taking Jalen Green because I do believe in him. I don't think he's reached his ceiling by any means. He's a very good player for the Houston Rockets. I love the way he plays and how athletic he is. I'm going with Danny Green, um, the old vet playing <laughs> okay. the small forward spot. Yep. And uh, I'm playing um, Jalen Rose at the four spot. It's an interesting pick wow. by me. Uh, Should you put rose petals in your compost? That's yeah, that a wh- thing. I think it's why like, not? Might help the smell. As long as the <laughs> maybe. Yeah, the smell. <laughs> no, the smell. Sh- the smell should not be a problem. 
no matter what. You shouldn't have a stinky compost. You shouldn't have a stinky compost oh, well. if you're doing doing it right. But you should have dead rose petals if you're putting them in your compost. Gotcha. If you want it to compost. You don't put live plants. Anyway, uh, Rose is joining. Okay. My fifth, this was hard. Um, I just like the color of Rose. I think that's why I put it that's in. That's a nice color. Yeah. So uh, with my last one. You're not going Draymond Green? No. Oh. I'm going to go with Cam Reddish. <laughs> Just because I like reddish as a as a an answer here, and Violet Palmer, oh, uh, referee, yes. she's she's coaching. And who's your commissioner? Um, Derek Adam Silver. There you go. I was gonna say Derek White. <laughs> I kind of respect Derek White. Anyway, uh, you said reddish, Cam Reddish. Yeah, reddish. I got a, I got a I got a dark reddish brown that I'm gonna trump you with, Kevin Garnett. Oh, that's an interesting <laughs> oh, color. Garnett's a color. Wow, uh, I you know, drop that. a T. But that's a gemstone, baby. It's righteous. Um, yeah, Kevin Garnett was my pick here. Uh, do you know there's a guy in the league right now called Leaky Black? Yes. Yeah, that's awesome. I heard. Yeah. <laughs> that's his actual name. Leaky Black. Why? It's one of those. It's like a Pooh Richardson. No, I think it is his name. I don't think his real name is Leaky. I think it is. Uh, I think he's got a real legal name. I don't think it says it on his uh his, his driver's license. Let's put it that way. Everywhere I've looked it up, I think I found it. Okay. Um. Anyways. Oh, yeah, you're right. Okay. What's his real That's name? That's a nickname. It's difficult, isn't R-E-C-H-O-N, it? R-E-C-H-O-N, however you want to pronounce that. Okay, yeah. Malik Leaky Black. Malik Leaky. Oh, okay. That's so maybe that's, where the that's Malik Maybe the where the leak came came from okay so righteous gemstones is that uh, garnett is a character i don't want no to. no i just oh. want, I want if i say gemstones i have to say righteous because of the the show oh okay <laughs> <laughs> but kevin garnett is my answer as uh you know my all-time favorite player with a color name because i think it's just a color that gets forgotten it is yeah i definitely forgot about it <laughs> i was looking through every website last night <laughs> i did not look up garnett rose oh. is a good one yeah I looked up mahogany. Is there a mahogany in there? There are some strange, strange names when you look them up on Basketball Reference that have colors. Uh, was there a yellow? Who was no. it? No, I know, I know, but there's a, a where. What are you, Coldplay? There, there's lots of gold. <laughs> my I, got gold play. Of, I got a bunch of weird references today. I had a weird moaning. Uh, my my Chevy tracks wouldn't start. Mm. I think I got a dead battery. That is a weird. Yeah, and weird then I, I checked to see how PJ Washington played last night because I think they're always related <laughs> somehow. He had a he had a pretty rough game, so it checks out. So I got to get somebody to come over and uh, jumpstart me. You, it can't be you. No, I've got an electric car. <laughs> yeah. I wonder. I wondered that when I came in today, because um, I do have a battery in the back to charge things. Whoa. You know, like a like a Ford one fifty Lightning. They just have they just have boards on the pickup or batteries on the pickup, I should say. Oh, on the back. Right. But uh I do I do have those little tiny they look like tiny hands, the electric chargers. I have those as well. I don't know why. Tiny hands from like that little uh, SNL skit. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Okay, we got one more. I here. think I can use the battery and the chargers anyways. <laughs> Come on over. Give me a ride home. There's lots of golds around here. <laughs> Anthony Goldwire. Okay, last question. Zach, what are your ideas to increase fan interest in the in-season tournament? Zach, we just talked about it for hours. <laughs> My idea is to award the winner the following year's All-Star Game. What fan base wouldn't want that, says Zach. That's his question. How do you get it? I don't – dare I say I don't mind it. It's pretty fun if the Pacers – you know, well, okay, the Pacers are having the uh, All-Star Game this year. 
So you win the All Star, or sorry, so you win the in season tournament. You get to host the All Star game. Yeah, I would. It would I guess hypothetically, it'd have to be the next season, right? Okay, that's they'd have to have idea. some planning. Uh huh. Yes, the Phoenix Suns go on to win this in season tournament, and their fan base gets to host it in 2025. Okay, in that scenario. It's not bad. It's not bad. No. And then I think you would have to put a thing in place. It would be like uh, coaches uh, coaching the All-Star game. You can't do it in back-to-back seasons type thing. So you wouldn't – hypothetically, if the Suns won again next year, they wouldn't They wouldn't get to. So I don't know. Then it would be the runner-up or something like that. Okay. It's not, not a bad idea. I mean, it would never happen, but <laughs> – <laughs> No. It's fun. There's too many moving parts in that one. You got to get the city council of whatever city, oh, oh. you know. It's like, whoa. What, we got the All Star Game like next year. That, that's too. Yeah. It's too fast. I know. Like, like, look how look how far out they announce these as yeah. it is. Yeah. Yeah. They got to get ready. You got to have the hotel rooms. Yeah. You got to have everything in place. Yeah. Exactly. You're right. Maybe there's not hotel rooms for some of these smaller cities. Maybe well, there's those problems. Well, that was the. That's um, what I'm saying. Where was yeah. where was the reason that uh, was it Toronto that they always uh, said they? I mean, obviously Toronto eventually got an All Star um, game and weekend, but. Weren't we always told they can't do it there? The the um, the boat show is the same weekend. <laughs> convention center. Do you guys remember that? I'm not making this up. Uh, vaguely, yeah. The that convention was center always was the all, thing. It was, it was like it was the boat sh- show is there, so all the hotels and yeah. all the convention center space, it's always that weekend or in that ballpark. Yeah, but then there was a boat show in Dallas when we were there, and that was blew that out of the water, pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> oh, psh, making a splash here today, J.D. <laughs> Pun intended. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing else really to add. Zach, it's a good idea. Dream big, man. Dream big. What Silver wants is the in-season tournament just to matter on its own, period. And that's okay. Yeah, 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 I don't think think you need more than... We don't need stakes? A cup championship. That's good. Eventually, it's just going to be bigger and bigger and bigger. And this season was an absolute success thus far. I was going to say, did you just jinx it? Yeah, yeah. I, is I it held, even I held possible back. for you have to have jinxed it? Like, what would what would have to happen? We just have to get like the bo- most boringest games of all time, and like uh, then the winning team like not even wanting to hold the cup. Right. Then they go out in Vegas. Somebody gets arrested. I'm trying to think of the worst things that could happen here. Yeah, but the, <laughs> but the thing is, unfortunately, I, I, I've got to be an optimist here. They're playing for money, and yeah, and five hundred k baby. And players have mentioned that, and it's good for players that are at the bottom end of team salaries where they're oh, they're yeah. making you know not Dame Lillard type money and they're coaches making, they make more money too oh they, they the get coaches paid? are folded into this yep oh, they're oh, playing they're playing man they want this they they're want getting, a trip to Vegas and they want that money they're gonna fold a little check into their pocket into the, <laughs> as as their little little suit jacket that's cool let's get to tweet of the night yeah damn it <laughs> <laughs> Just go to it. <laughs> okay. Well, you want to do it again? Nope. Oh, okay. Uh, well, tweet of the night. Yeah, you saw him flash up on your screen there. At Pab- <laughs> Pablo finds out. It's weird when you just read it as a Twitter handle. Uh, Pablo finds out. This is uh, Pablo Torre. He's got the uh, podcast there. They tweeted, uh, we found out who actually writes the Magic Johnson Twitter account. And there was a little help from Rob Lowe. And then there was a clip. And so we've... Uh, we pulled a portion of the three-minute clip. Here's Pablo explaining who writes the Magic Johnson Twitter account. 
we know now that it's Magic Johnson dictating the tweets. We know it's his voice incontrovertibly. But in terms of the person who is physically writing them, who is writing this account, um, there was even more digging that I had to do. Okay, what'd you find out? So they wanted to keep all this a secret, obviously, the social media strategy. But I did all of these, I, I truly like investigated this. I did all of these interviews on background. I got to somebody who was in the room, actually, while it was happening. Magic Johnson wow. with this mystery person posting to the account. And what I was told, okay, the person who physically posts for Magic Johnson was none other than Alexia Grievous Henderson herself. The, that, that's the name from the email, right? That is the person oh who God, emailed bro. us oh my God. saying that they elect not to discuss the social media strategy is the person behind the social media strategy. There it is. <laughs> Alexia. Pablo has found out that it's the that's that's in theory who is in the room when Magic says, "Hey, I would like to tweet about this game here. What a win for team over team Y over team X or whatever." And uh, she, I guess, is the one that puts it in. Amazing, um, <laughs> isn't it? These these <laughs> because Magic Johnson writes tweets at night. At times, he writes tweets about sports games. Sure, sure. So I just wonder, what does he do? Does he text Alexia and say, "Write this down"? Or, or no, he doesn't text. He doesn't. Te- he wouldn't text something yeah, that he no, because he could have just tweeted it. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah, he, he, he would leave. But call. he what? He has to call. He has to call <laughs> yeah. or voice notes. Okay. I, right. I think I think he just presses the button, sends a little voice note to Alexia Grievous Henderson. I think she's just always around. He That's just true. Yells it out. She is the VP of Magic Johnson Enterprises, so she right. works for him in a larger sense. Right. Um, so that's. Yeah, an accomplishment. I think he likes it. I think he and she both like it. I think they're both friends. And uh, kudos to Pablo Torre. This is the one podcast I listen every episode of. It's fascinating. I listen to every episode of this podcast. I need more podcasts to listen to. But Pablo uh, is kicking ass over there. Hold on, hold on. Her name was Alexia. That's right. In theory, she is in the room a lot of the time, Mm -hmm. just waiting, listening to Magic Johnson. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Want to send a tweet to the world. Yeah. Listening. Her name is Alexia. Uh-huh. Amazon Alexa. <laughs> Pablo, do you not see the connection? This is crazy. Um, I want to give credit to ESPN's Christine Williamson. Uh, at It's the Bald Girl on Twitter. Uh, she works for ESPN, like I said. She actually really broke this story back on Debatable, I think the show was, back in 2021. Because now she did not have the name or she did not want to share the name Alexia, but she said she, she was friends with the person that did it. So she sort of broke this story uh-huh. a couple years ago, like confirmed it was a person doing it, confirmed right. that like it was sort of this transferring of whatever magic wanted to say. She would say it as politely and generic as possible on Twitter. So it's like that's you know, Christine really sort of knew before Pablo and a lot of us knew. But I guess getting to the name, the bottom of it, Alexia. AKA Amazon Alexa. Um, you know, good job. Good job. It's a great podcast. I'm with you. And uh, it's a heck of a name. Alexia Grievous Henderson is yeah, her full yeah, name. Yeah, that's a great name. Yeah, I was on LinkedIn, as a matter of fact, to check her profile, to check it all, uh, Googling everything uh, from Pablo Torre's discovery here. <laughs> um, yeah, and she's VP. 
of Magic Johnson's company. Yeah. So sounds like the president to me. <laughs> <laughs> hey Alexia, send tweet about the great win by the Toronto Raptors over uh, you know the Chicago Bulls. That's a good point, actually, about Alexa hearing because for some reason, uh, since the last couple of months, Alexa's having some difficulty listening. Oh, like boy. she like. Like it used to listen. <laughs> oh, now maybe it's an AI thing. You mean maybe- she's tuning you out, like yeah. as a, like a wife tuning yeah. out a husband? Yeah. No, even it's tuning out everybody in my family oh. that, that oh. we use. So maybe it's maybe it's an app problem. Maybe it's taking over artificial intelligence. Oh, I was gonna say. I think it sounds like Alexa is learning and saying mm-hmm. she's coming more self-aware. Yeah, mm-hmm. we don't need. Oh, you. Why are you always asking me questions? Yeah, but, I've got some questions. Yeah, that's that's true. Yeah. And maybe it's like. Alexia Grievous Henderson. Maybe she doesn't want to hear everything Magic Johnson has to say. Maybe she just wants to hear the, the good tweets. Um, yeah, so very interesting. Anyway, go check out the uh, Pablo Finds Out podcast. It is very, very entertaining. Uh, we'll call it there. That was a long one here here in the Classic Factory. We had a lot to talk about. Setting up the in-season tournament knockout stages. Getting into the Mark Cuban. Selling a majority stake of the Mavs. Hitting the beach and uh, learning who is behind the Magic Johnson tweets. I think it was a classic, but you tell us. Hit that like button. Make sure you subscribe. Leave your boys a five-star rating and review, and we'll be back here tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. Eastern. And then we have no buffs later in the day, our Survivor podcast as well. Yeah, busy, busy night here. Uh, Until then, though, Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us, and remember, we'll see you next time. Brace the day, people.